Everybody's great when they're not tired. The champions is when they're tired, that's when the real champions come out. That's when a real dog come out. Because if you're going to piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dogs see. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Aussie Fantasy Football Podcast. Joined by our usual suspects this week, Pointer69. How are you, mate? Is most talking? I can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great, thanks, Chris. It's good, mate. Tombo, how are you, mate? Oh, just some news just come through. Uh, the uh, Denver Broncos have signed running back Dwayne Washington from from the New Orleans Saints. So, or D. Wayne. Dwayne Washington, Darnell, and I don't know who it is, but I thought it was interesting. 25 seconds in, everyone's turned us off, and guess Dildos for Kings, how are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, is that our intro back by uh, popular demand? So I really enjoyed that again this week, and yeah, I, I put in a third letter this week, which was a bit weird. Ooh. I mean, it made my Dildos for Kings thing work, yeah. so it's all good. <laughs> So here we are, we're back again. No guests this week, uh, back to the usual usual programming. So it's good to be back. We're uh, one season of pre, pre-season, one, season, one week of pre-season in, and uh, we've seen some, some monumental performances from various players that have clearly moved everyone's rankings up. It's been a bit of news, some running backs have signed. It's all happening, boys. Are we excited for... Washington. <laughs> are we excited for pre-season week two? I've never been more certain that the Bengals are winning the Super Bowl. Even when they were in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Never been more certain in my life. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Look, yeah, on, on his, Tom's note, I'm hoping the Broncos can, like, put up a, a fight at offensive line this week for us, um, and then we can actually see whether there's, he can do anything if he's protected, but he's got to have some hope for the Broncos, hopefully. That's all I'm after. Just give me give me a little bit of something to have hope, not just be like, season's over already. <laughs> Who have they got? The Niners. It's going to be a tough mm. one. Yeah, nice, not, that's nice what I'm like. They have to put up a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a fight. <laughs> you Giants know, Nick Bosa's going to sign the day before, and he's going to turn up. Mm. Oof, cop that. Giants have got the Panthers. Ewers, you excited about that one, mate? Oh yeah, the Giants preseason just means absolutely nothing to me because I don't see like really any area that they've improved on other than Darren Waller, who you kind of are getting enough from camp reports, and it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I just expect them to be exactly the same team this year and hopefully they continue to get lucky and win some games and have a friendly schedule, but they obviously don't because it's much tougher this year. So, Is your team name going to be the Great Waller of China? Um, no, probably not because um, <laughs> Tom I don't have Waller. Uh... <laughs> just thought of it. I've never seen it before, to be honest. Oh, three out of ten, jeez. How many days in a row can we see a Jalen Hyde bomb on Twitter? Well, how many, I, I how many days until the season starts? We're up to 20 <laughs> odd, I reckon. We've got to be at past 20. Is it just the same one, just from different angles? <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah the, the Cardinals have got a nice, easy game against the Chiefs this week, so um, I'm sure we're going to see the Cobb McCoy-led Cardinals absolutely thrash that shitty Pat Mahomes-led Chiefs, even though Pat Mahomes probably throw two passes again like he did last week. But it's exciting times. And then the Bengals have got the Falcons. Anything you're looking for, Tom? Uh, 
I don't know. To be honest, like, serious talk now. I really like watching our young secondary. Our secondary is so young. Like, I don't think there's, apart from maybe Nick Scott, I don't think there's anyone in our secondary, apart from a nickel corner, that's not on their rookie deal, which is pretty crazy. So, it's pretty exciting to watch them. Dax Hill and DJ Turner and uh, DJ Ivy and, yeah. All that more serious, mate. All those guys I know really, really well. Yep. Yeah. DJ Turner was the really fast dude at the yeah, combine. That's all we need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, look, this is one of our most important episodes of the year, actually, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, not not off the cuff, not spur of the moment decision to do this one, but um, what are we doing, boys? What are we doing? We're doing our Kents for the year. Uh, every year we put our Kents. I actually um, forgot to go and have a look at last year's Kents and see if we did any well, but I'm just going to quickly get that up while someone else has a bit of a chat about it. <laughs> Mine my was Kents dreadful. Up. Oh, absolutely dreadful. While, while you talk about that, Moz, there was a question that I was going to bring up on the... You asked Chris uh, on preseason, and he said, oh, not much doing preseason for the Giants. Not, nothing's moving or shaking. What teams are you are you interested in, actually? Like, there are... What's happening preseason is relevant, you think, for the start of the year? Who are you... For me, one, I want to see... Uh, Obviously, the Broncos actually do something, and they're one of the teams that, that people actually new code. They need to just show something, a little bit of, of change, um, and maybe I think is there is there any opportunity we see the Jets actually show us something, or are they going to just try and keep it all for the season? I'd be keeping it all for the season if I were the Jets. I reckon don't give anything away. Maybe give them a rep or two, but why would you? Aaron Rodgers goes and gets hurt with his calf again. Yeah, that's that's enough. I reckon. Yeah, and I think then the the last one becomes is probably the last group sees rookie quarterbacks like they're the, probably the real one how are they going to they, they're the ones that are going to they've got to be thrown out there and get some action they need as much reps under their belt with as close to NFL level simulation as possible so those the, the Panthers Texans Colts they're probably the three big big teams I'm most excited to watch in the preseason yeah, I'm actually looking looking for the Bears a little bit, mm-hmm. just off the back of mm-hmm. last week. Um, we saw, you know, two long bomb touchdowns and um, Justin Fields looking pretty decent, so well, if they, they were, can back they it both, up again. They were long touchdowns, but the short bomb passes. Part of probably was. <laughs> it, was uh, it was just like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it was just passing it behind the line of scrimmage and George Kittle running 50 yards and, and Jimmy Garoppolo gets, I don't know, 12 points for his... So we need that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I think it's a good sign for the Bears. They just, but now, just see a few more, just not as flashy plays, but just moving the ball down the field with a bit more balance in that offense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, they made some good moves in the off season. You know, DJ Moore was a good signing, and uh, Khalil Herbert was looking pretty good last week. So it's yeah, just if they if they're going to be better than like a four win team that a lot of people kind of thought about, kind of. A it's, a big ago, jump. So. it's a big jump to go from like I, I feel like win loss wise like he can fight in games and be a four win team but to move up to like even it's, it's a big big jump in wins so yeah definitely um, often teams are either in that spot but it'll be interesting to see where they can they can actually catapult them so they could have a good fantasy season and be in the same spot so hopefully not for Justin Fields but it's all yet to be seen but yeah that's that's they're probably the, the main one I'm looking forward if I'm being honest with you anyone else have anything or can I ask Peter a more serious question about his Broncos? Because I know he he's a diehard Broncos fan. What happens to what, what do you think happens next year if they get say five or six wins this year? 
Oh, I don't know. Like, are they seriously drafting a quarterback? I think that oh, they can't trade for another quarterback and keep Russ on their books, right? That they no. can't get pay of two veterans. Um, so maybe they, they. I think they have to look like Sean Payton's not there to. If if he can't make it work with Russ, like this is his year to, to figure it out, or whether it's figure it out whether he can or can't, whether that's Russ being be able to play or be fixed, they're going to have to move on and, and start building. So I think they they do take a a rookie quarterback. Jared Stidham's looked all right as well. There's a lot of talk about how he's actually been decent, but often the talk of these backup quarterbacks being decent just to apply pressure. Actually, the start the opposite today. Or, um, you've heard opposite on Jared Stidham. Yeah, I heard he was looking shaky in the last couple of weeks. Starting I, think this is, I don't think there's anything wrong with Russ, but, you know, there is the possibility that he's just over the hill and maybe he's got a bit of head noise and then the pressure starts to get to him and and all of a sudden they've got a top five pick and it's like, you know, they've got Sean Payton there to to at least be competitive in their division and, you know, with a rookie quarterback, it's a few tough years ahead for Denver fans, but I suppose at least you've got your own pick, I guess, this yeah, like next if, year. If he's... The worst decision is if Russ is like 50, does have, they get to 500, um, and they're like, well, what's 500 yeah. with Russ, right? That's probably yeah. worse than him stinking because they know he can't do it. They're just going to have to eat the salary somewhere where they make him the back. Like, you know, they're going to have to know quarterbacks needs to be fixed, and you, everyone knows you can't compete without a quarterback. So I think hopefully they get something out of it this season, can revive it. But yeah, it's, I'm not as super confident because, you know, he's in that later part of his career. He didn't look great last season. And the, it's that mental bit. Has he? Does he still have that edge? to be like I think he wants to and he says he tries to say the right things but it all seems a bit staged whether it it's there or not like you watch Mahomes in QB1 documentary what he's saying doesn't seem like he's on a script or trying to build a brand he's there just telling you what he he feels from his heart and how he competes for his teammates and that's the thing you don't necessarily get from Russ you don't get that bond with his other players as being as quite authentic and definitely from all the, the stories from his teammates that have come out, no one's come in to say, you know, Russ is teammate number one, like team first guy, right? <laughs> Everyone's sort of... It's funny how it's all after the fact, all the uh, Seattle guys have sort of come out and said, oh, yeah, he's a special fellow, Russell. Has he got the <laughs> has he got the best-looking wag in the NFL? Undoubtedly not. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly doubt it. Actually, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, no, I'll have to go with... I think it's yeah. a... It, there's no sure answer for this. There's a, there is a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thousands. I guess Thousands. we just see her everywhere, so it's, she's always on my mind. Oh. Love a bit of... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Always. Did you find <laughs> always, the, yeah. the previous episode, Seamus? It took me I did, actually, yeah. I no, I did, I did find it. It's uh, not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> um, I actually I'll feel start with, good about that one. Start with Tom. Uh, he had Leonard Fournette, which, oh, I mean, yeah. No. Juju TikTok, you've called him here, which is intriguing. <laughs> so Juju Smith-Schuster, and you had uh, Derek Automobile, as you've put it in the show doc. So Derek Carr. You uh, had Dallas got it, which is, yeah, apart from his injuries, he did pretty well. Chris Alave, yeah, good good rookie good. year. And then Christian Kirk, that's a pretty good call from you, actually. Oh, um, 
And then Poirier oh, had Rashad. About these salaries, I remember it because everyone was just yeah. making such a massive deal about, about his contract. Yeah, his contract, and I just, just forget about that. He's a good player. Well, you oh, no, Travis Kelsey. Team. I had most of that. Yeah, Pete, you had uh, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry, which is softball. But now you had Rashad Bateman. Obviously, he got injured, so Ooh, what do you yeah. do? You had Elijah Moore. Not great, Bob. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence. Look, I think you should have had Trevor Lawrence this year. Um, I had Javante Williams. He got injured, so that sucks. I had uh, DJ Moore. Well, you know, that didn't pan out. I actually thought I had Miles Sanders in there. I was fucking talking up Miles Sanders all off-season and then didn't put him in there for some stupid reason. And then TJ Hawkinson, which was pretty decent. So Yeah. Well, you had to know he was in traded. Oh, yeah. Just, just <laughs> had that feeling, you know. Just had that feeling. Man, I tell you what, the show-off is Wait. very intriguing. Looking back at this, is some people are saying... <laughs> Something about Herney. I'm Herney, Herney, Herney. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Must have been one of those uh, mountain culture <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah, so look, some good, some bad, but uh, we'll give it a go again this year. Look, uh, I reckon there was comfortably 50% hit rate on those. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And if not, if you know, if you want to disagree with us, we'll stuff you. Look, it's, we're, we're being boosted there by uh, guess 100% hit on all, all three of his. I'm even... Going to keep it up this year, hopefully. You, what you do is you just pick decent players. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get injured. That's what it is. Yeah, right, right, right. That was my problem. Yeah. All right, so let's let's rip in. We're going to, I think by the looks of it, we've all picked a, um, a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, maybe not for some, <laughs> some people. Uh, it is what it is. Does anyone want to kick us off? Anyone want to put their hand up and throw the first tent out there? I'll do one actually because we we did talk about him last year. Yeah, and uh, I've got Trevor Lawrence in here this year, and I did actually look into it a fair bit because I'm really excited about him. I took him in that uh, dynasty best ball that that Tom started up with us pretty early. Um, I think I took him ahead of Justin Fields, and you all ripped me. And um, I think for me, it just comes down to look Joe Burrow. If you take Joe Burrow. Everyone's like, yeah, great pick. Um, can't argue with that. He's a, he's a great quarterback. And I just really think that they're pretty much the same player. So they basically got very, very similar stats last year. Um, Lawrence had more rushing yards on less carries, but it's super similar. Five touchdowns each in the run game. And then the passing numbers are a bit better from Joe Burrow. But um, if you look at his year, so he got uh, 20.99 points per game, so not even 21 points per game from Joe Burrow um, last year, but uh, good enough for the QB4. And um, if we move on to T-Law, um, he was pretty quietly the quarterback eight last year, which was higher than I expected to see. Mm. I, I thought he was further down the list. Um, and I, what I did, basically, I just took first eight games and the last eight games um, I'm just taking out a game so that it's the same numbers I'm taking that Houston game out they won like 33-2 to two somehow and it was yeah like just so at least they got that game. safety right he, I, think, I think it was probably three I, I don't know but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, he only played 70% of the snaps they, they scored two rushing touchdowns really quickly or something and, and the game was over so I to make it eight and eight, just took that game out. It was week seventeen or, or sixteen, so um, very late in the season as well. Mm-hmm. They'd already wrapped it up. They they pulled him early. Um, so in the first 
eight games, he had 15.43 points per game, and it jumps up to 20.96 over the last eight games, which is pretty much bang on what Joe Burrow got this year. I think we've added Calvin Ridley to the mix, um, which, I mean, last time we saw him, he was pretty good, but it's been a long time, so what's that going to mean? Don't know, but we saw him take a huge huge stride throughout this season in the playoffs he was excellent I think he's really elevated himself and to me basically my argument is just that he's not that different to Joe Burrow but we sort of think Joe Burrow no questions asked but Trevor Lawrence ooh that was a spicy take you know so for me I think they're very very similar players and they should be a lot closer together so that's why I've got him as, as my guy and I'm taking him wherever I can I, I really like the Jags this year Yep, he was uh, in consideration for me, but I knew you'd have him, so just let him let you have him. Um, yeah, he's he's got got all the weapons, and you know this this offense was looking pretty good last year. Plus Calvin Ridley, who mate, watch that video again. It's just <laughs> exciting to watch him hit those routes. So anyone disagree here? Anyone want to fight? Who him? has been the better uh, Twitter highlight player, Jalen Hyatt or Calvin Ridley? Uh, ooh. Uh, I haven't seen much Jalen Hyatt because I don't really <laughs> yeah, me want neither. to. I don't know. <laughs> I get like so many posts on like every time I open up Facebook, I have like this random Giants news thing that I don't follow that pops up, and I, I never see anything about Jalen Hyatt. I don't know. Oh, I've seen <laughs> so many like sixty-yard bombs. I, I think Ray G because Ray G just loves Daniel Jones, and he's just always posting Jalen Hyatt bombs. I reckon at the start of every training camp, they're just like, uh, you, cornerback, Jalen Hyatt's going to run past you. Don't really contest it. We just need to put it on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could be what it is. All right, who wants to go next? Pointer, let's let's go with you, I reckon. All right, I just I want to just add in on Trevor Lawrence. Like, I didn't have him this year because I picked him last year, So and he was a hit there. So, you know, right. just uh, <laughs> remind just your own horn a little bit. I did it first, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Now look, so so my first guy I'm going to read out is uh, Sky Moore, um, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. If you look at where he's sort of going, it's it's a couple of rounds behind where Kadarius Tony's going, and and with how they how it's sort of been, Kadarius Tony gets like one game played. Well, I think he, if he t- scores a touchdown, he has to sit out for four weeks after that. <laughs> Every <laughs> that's the rules. So it must be. I think it's like he can have three catches a game, one touchdown, in then he has to have four weeks off. Um, <laughs> But for me, that's the difference. Like everyone's looking at this hype of Kadarius Tony to be um, the Chiefs' wide receiver. They're pre- they, they, to be fair, in terms of wide receiver, it's taken. They're they're pretty close. I think there's like three spots between them, forty six and maybe forty nine, what the you know off the board. But um, it's a difference of like two rounds in, in um, redraft ADP. And for me, Sky Moore, I love the value there. Um, if you look at how he was used, especially how he came on at the end of last season. Um, if you look at it, he finished the year with like he was like sixth in yak per reception. Um, the Chiefs essentially had him learning the slot. He played a bit of flanker and, and X at the same time. But when you see how much he was learning across the season, it's it's impressive. He had a 68.5 success rate uh, versus man, uh, 79 success versus in zone. Um, and I think it's just how, how he improved down the stretch. How, how he scored that vital touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, he, he's the guy for me in Kansas City to have at the at the, at the discount that isn't Travis Kelsey and there's got to be more than one Juju's gone um, someone's going to have to step up and for me the value and the player that I think is on the right trajectory like you look at his rookie season he didn't come out and say oh 
look, I'm Justin Jefferson, whiz bang. We didn't expect him to be there, but he came out and did probably the things we wanted him to do, like be consistent, be part of this team. And then, and what tells me he did that is how they relied on him in the big games in the playoffs, and he he, he showed up there at the big time and in, in big moments and made the play for the Chiefs. So I'm really liking Sky Moore coming into 2023. I mean, he's is Patrick Mahomes wide receiver one. What else do you need to say, really? Is he? I mean, that's... Uh, Moz, you asked the right question, right? And But is, is is the 1A or the... Are they 1A and 1B? Him and Tony or whoever's there? Like, I think it's 1A, B, C and D, isn't it? It's just whoever's yeah. open is going to throw it to him. Mm. Whoever's they're healthy. Gonna to, they're going to have to have someone that, that can be a, the one to rely on, the one they can go to, and I think... Justin um, Ross. Yep. Just Everyone wants that to happen so badly. It's just like, that's... He's my Twitter hype slash Justin Ross news piece. Yeah. yeah actually he guy, could be like, above or you, you can yep. like you turn it on and you're like oh he was carted off oh, actually he rode off in the front seat like, we don't get these updates for much much bigger <laughs> players but for some reason everybody knows what happened to Justin Ross they were there everyone wants it, it right just everybody wants him to be a thing and just I just don't think he's a thing now, everyone wants to pick the wide receiver one in Kansas City because there's going to be some value there if there is a consistent wide receiver one so everyone's just throwing darts but uh, someone's got a hit, right? It's you know it, it might not be every week for Sky Moore, but the value you're getting for, for him in drafts, it's like if he's once every two weeks, it's, yeah. I think you're right, though, Pete. I think the the role that he plays could sort of slot into that juju type. Yeah, he's got the he's got the opportunity yeah. to expand, right? I think what we didn't like Kadarius Tony. I think people are picking him to be like oh Tyreek Hill. Like there's that there's always that talk. But what did he do? Like he he did trick plays. Like they just yeah. what Tedarius Tony can do. Jerick McKinnon also pretty much did a lot of that out of the backfield. Like they did screens. They they threw the ball to him and tried and run it in. Um, they're not going to do. They can't. That's that's unreliable for a fantasy season. Like maybe it hits one week or two weeks, and then you get injured for the your spell. But it's the player that's going to step into the, the, the juju volume and be reliable. So I think that's for me that's Sky Moore this season. All right, somebody give us your yeah. first one, mate. All right, I'll start. I will change direction a little bit. I'll go with a quarterback here. And I want to go Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers finished QB 13 last year, and by all accounts, he had a pretty awful year for, for fantasy. Well, his ADP this year is QB 14. So he's one spot outside where he finished last year. Last year was his first season ever where he's been healthy that he's finished outside the top 10. And when you go back and look at where he's finished, it is unbelievable. Like, 80% of his years, he's finished as a top five quarterback. I know he's, like, 40 years old now and he's just moved teams, but I think that, you know, I, I think quarterback 14 where he's being drafted is his absolute flaw. I don't think he can drop anymore unless he has an injury. Especially with, like, last year he had two rookie receivers. He didn't have a tight end. His running backs were pretty much doing all the work. He made Christian Watson a thing. Uh, this year, coming onto a good team, you know, Garrett Wilson, Rookie of the Year, Alan Lazard, if he can stay healthy, he might be a thing. Michael Hardman, even Corey Davis, who was a top 10 pick as a, in the NFL draft like six years ago. Um, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is my... A guy that I just find is just great value at quarterback 14 on ADP. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, he's just my guy at the moment. But I, I what I what I like to do, and and I probably if we're doing this podcast a little bit differently, I think there's a tier of players at each position that I'm targeting. So I'll just I'll just tell you that tier. And Rogers is in that tier. It's Kirk Cousins, Rogers, Geno Smith, Danny Dimes, and Jared Goff. There's a tier of guys in that fourth round in Superflex drafts that I'm trying to get one of those guys at, at least for my QB2, if not QB1. I reckon all those guys have the potential to finish as top six quarterbacks, and they're all getting drafted outside the top ten. Yeah, fair Thoughts. enough. Look, uh, early strength of schedule is very tough for the Jets. Oh, yeah. The Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs. And then Broncos, yeah, so what? Uh, and then the Eagles before they have a bye in week seven. So it's going to be a very, very tough start um, for the you know, first half of the year. But, um, but I mean, you know, as if, right. yeah, it's not like he's a rookie. It's not like CJ Stroud or someone, you know. Yeah. It's, he's done it there. He's done it all before. I think what I want to see is whether what Rodgers can actually do on a new team. A lot of, a lot of change for him, different, different line to play behind. Um, he doesn't have that comfortability. I think that's yep. the part where is the main test for me. Like, can he gel with another wide receiver? He's got Lazard, uh, Garrett Wilson. I think that's not the big question. I, I think that's possible. I think what we're going to find is, can they protect him um, the way and keep him up? Because that's the best way for him to perform. And you know what he's like. When, when he starts to get hit, he doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't take risks. He just starts to protect himself. And that's just the question mark. I, I think what Tom said's definitely correct. He... At his ADP, he should finish above that. Yeah, without. I mean the only reason would be is if he gets an injury. Like, well, they're absolutely. I think their lines track absolute track. Yeah, really it's is, not. But it's probably is right. It's, I think it's that it's not as good as it was in Green Bay though. Like he doesn't have. No, no, I guess not. And it could just be also, you know, defensive coach. Maybe they they don't want to score as many points as he likes to score or something. They're, a little bit more conservative. Like they brought in Dalvin Cook. They obviously want to run the ball. They've got like six good running backs here. Um, yeah, so th- that would be my only concern to his fantasy output is just that, yeah, there's not enough volume in his in his game, and that doesn't reflect greatly on him. But he plays really well. He's always been super efficient in the red zone. He's got good weapons to go to in the red zone. So it's not like he's going to be short on touchdowns. It's just does he get the yards to, to get him into that real top echelon, especially when he's competing with, you know, a lot of mobile quarterbacks this year and there's, yeah, there's really not much mobility left in Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's not running quite no. as well as he used to, so, yeah. I think Rodgers will look after his stats, though. If the Jets aren't going so good, yep. and I'll, you know, this has always been Rodgers' downfall is that, Rodgers will look after his stats before he looks after the team wins, which, you know, as brutal as that sound, it's true. Um, it's almost like his legacy instead of his stats. Like, it, if it, he's copping some bad press, he comes out the next week and he's like, sorry, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you're not running in any touchdowns this week. I'm throwing them and they'll, they'll yeah. just play five pass plays yeah. in a row inside the, the red zone and hope, it, hope they score. So, yeah, agree with that. Well, I'm going with my first one here, and um, I've kind of taken the contract off off Pete for this uh, this episode, and um, I'm going with a running back here uh, by the name of Najee Harris. Harris. <laughs> Najee <laughs> Harris is my running back Kent of the year. A um, couple of reasons why. Look, two years in the league so far, 
he's had 307 and 272 carries. A bit of an injury uh, in the last year, which which kind of took a few of those carries away. So he, his numbers are definitely up there. But on top of that, he also had 74 and 41 receptions. And if you're playing in a PPR league or a half PPR league, I mean, that's pretty invaluable, getting that many receptions. So, um, you know, that's not going to change with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. He's going to be checking the ball down quite a bit to Najee. Um, the only issue that we've, we've seen for the, the first two years is that his yards per carry, it's down at 3.85. Um, and he's only scored seven touchdowns in each year. Uh, and this is something that, you know, I've done a bit of research on their offensive line and, and what upgrades they've made and if it's, you know, kind of translatable to, to all of the running backs. And there's a lot of conversation about Jalen Warren and him getting him involved and all that kind of stuff because he's yards per carry. is like six yards per carry. But it's six yards per carry on one yard, one rush for six yards. Like, he hasn't had those games where he's had more than 10 rushing attempts. So, you know, those design runs for Jalen Warren, obviously he's going to pick up yards. So um, the, the times where he gets those volumes, this Jalen Warren dude, um, six, seven, eight, ten carries, he's under five yards a carry or by one game. So I'm not too worried about Jalen Warren coming in and, and, and stealing uh, touches from him. So I had a look at the offensive line uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ranked 16 last year, um, 12th in passing and 17th in run blocking. So not exactly stellar, kind of halfway, but what did they do in this offseason? They went and signed uh, some pretty decent offensive linemen. Isaac Samalo from the Eagles, who played you know every game last year, and I think he's ranked somewhere about 10th, 11th as an offensive guard, offensive lineman, uh, according to PFF. He's got the so, best grades of any of their offensive line now, according yep, to absolutely. PFF in both yeah. spots. So yep, he's uh, a great signing. Uh, Broderick Jones in the draft as well uh, in that first round. So, Plus they've got the, a few depth pieces that are signed in the offseason as well to really bolster it up if there is a, an injury unlike last year. It was kind of just that and no one. So one of the weaknesses that they had last year was that off- offensive line and they've gone out and spent some cash and spent the draft capital on improving it. So that's obviously going to be a good thing for all of the running backs, let alone Najee Harris. Um, Production-wise, for Najee, two years of pretty medium. Uh, excuses for me, you know, he, he was playing off the back of a foot injury last year. Uh, but then you, you look at the last kind of six, seven, eight games, he only played 60% of the snaps, but he was still putting up 12, 14, 12 and a half, 20, 14 fantasy points coming off the back of that injury and off, you know, kind of easing back in sort of percentage of snaps. So I think, uh, you know, if he's back up to corner of 65, 70, 75% of snaps, then I think that's going to be a good thing for Najee, which is what I'm kind of predicting as well. Uh, what else have I got here? Just thinking about Mike Tomlin offenses, how often are they actually playing a two running back system? It's very, very rare. The only time in the last three, four, five years that I could see was when James Conner went and got injured. He had 191 carries, and uh, I think it was Benny Snell had 111. So, yeah, it's not quite up to the 200, 300 that, that Najee's been getting over the last couple of years. So, yeah, it's not, not something that they do very often. And I think if they're smart enough, Najee will get most of the carries because he's definitely the talent here. Um, yeah, look, I just think where he's going at the moment, I just had a look at um, this the fast draft that's going on at the moment. 4-1, four, four, pick 4-1. Four, so the first pick of the fourth round. Um, behind guys like, you know, Ramondre and Tony Pollard and uh, and Josh Jacobs and things like that, I'm thinking the way I'd be looking at it is if you're doing, you are in a super flex league and you've gone quarterback early and maybe two wide receivers, having Najee Harris as your running back one, there's definitely worse options out there for you. So I'm a, a pretty 
pretty adamant fan of Najee this year. Um, I'm expecting big things. If he's not in the top five running backs, I'll be a bit disappointed in this one. Um, I think he's got all the upside and all the skill to get up there, so I'm all about Najee Harris. Yeah, I think there's like an argument, right, that everyone just is like, oh, he's he's not efficient. And like, it is possible that he gets more efficient. Like, it's, mm. it's not... It's his second league in a year, right? Like, might happen. Second league in a year. Ooh. Second year in the league? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, now he's third, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I just think, yeah, it's he was a really good running back in college. When we watched him, we were, we were all like, this is a an NFL back. Like, he's, he's a quality running back and um, yeah I think it only takes you know one or two breakaway touchdowns to suddenly ramp that yards per carry mm. way up and it just hasn't happened for him that can just be luck it's probably not really always on talent alone like it's just a big hole and a defensive mistake or something yeah so we'll see yeah I agree with you I think he's he's pretty good value but I, I do think yeah, then you read those names, and I was a bit like, oh, I kind of like all of those guys too. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't. It's tough, isn't it? I can't see the um, Tony Pollard versus Najee Harris. I'd be all over Najee Harris over Tony Pollard. Yeah, that's a good. They're good play to compare him to. That there's so much hype around Pollard, um, so much hype, and mm. where he's going. Um, it's because he's the opposite, right? Like he, he yeah. has big plays. Mm. Um, that's what he's made his name from. So, yeah, is he going to be able to hold up to it? Is yeah, is yeah. my only concern for Pollard? Whereas we've seen Naji already take three hundred carries and hold up pretty well. So, yeah, yeah, just, just can't get around it. So, uh, I, I, I like he takes Mars. I think Naji's a, a the Steelers as a whole. I think yeah, absolutely back a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to be top five, but like last year they were like you know in the in the twenties on offense, and I, I like. Kenny Pickett a bit as well. Well, not not well enough to put him as my one of my cans. I think that's a bit too bold for fantasy. I think he has a step forward this season, and that that team starts to get back to like the Steelers of what we're used to. It's always a well coached like, team, right? Yeah. Like, and it's it's not going to change. Mike Tomlin. And they were still so. they still were hard to beat last year. Like with a rookie quarterback and all the stuff they went through, they they were never just a blown out of games. They always made it hard teams. I think this year they they turn the table on a few more teams and and those get a couple more wins. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who's next? Uh, go back to the start. Who was back first again? Me, right? Yep. Um, yeah, my running back is just going to be uh, everybody's favourite player in the league already, and it's Bijan Robinson. I just I have to put him in here. I've been taking him any chance I get in the best ball. I think, yeah, I, I would sort of expect... I remember when Saquon Barkley came into the league, and it was sort of just like... I think I took Beckham just because I love Beckham. It was a tough choice between two giants at the 101 and 102 in our dynasty startup draft, which was wild. But um, yeah, just he should have been 101, no questions asked. And I, I think that Bijan Robinson is the same exact situation here. And basically, what it comes down to is Atlanta, they are just a running team. They have. And I'm just going to go back and have a look, but I think it was at the second ranked, or the number one ranked um, run blocking offensive line last year. They had Tyler Algier, who was what a fifth round um, rookie running back, come in, and eventually the keys got turned over to him. All of a sudden, he's getting 20 carries a game, and it was after the buy. Their buy was unfortunately pretty late on in the season. He he looked like a an excellent workhorse running back. He didn't obviously get the work in the passing game. Now we've got a running back that 
has shown that he can do that outstandingly in college. He's one of the best running back prospects that we've seen for a very long time by just about every single person that looks at running backs. So, and has been for multiple years. Like everybody's known this is this is coming. Um, so, for me, I think when running backs are drafted this high, you have to use them as the centerpiece of your offense and whenever they come in they are very successful even if you go to ones that we sort of think oh you know but what about Leonard Fournette his career was no good as a rookie Leonard Fournette was outstanding um even now outstanding like yeah. um yeah the, these these running backs they get a huge amount of volume and they're on a team that loves to run the ball a team that you know, I predicted last week to have a really good offense. Um, they've got an outstanding young offensive line that protects it well. They've got a coach that has produced Eric Henry for multiple years as a um, in Arthur Smith. This is just the perfect situation for the perfect running back prospect. So, yeah, for me, any opportunity you have to get him, I don't think you... I, I wouldn't, you know, laugh at you for taking him anywhere in any draft pretty much, so go for it I think he's he's going to be one of the best players in fantasy this year yeah won't disagree the Atlanta Falcons uh, have the number one strength of schedule this year as well uh, they only play a playoff team four times um, from 2022 so it's pretty bit of a cakewalk for the old Falcons mm-hmm. um, so yeah they could, they could easily win this division to be honest I almost made Drake London one of my Kansas uh, this year but the volume just going to be there so nah I subbed him out last oh. minute um, last minute sub out um, yeah I'm all about it. Uh, there was 500, 500 carries, 559 carries in Atlanta last year amongst all of their running backs. And if you say that, oh, you know, Tyler Algiers, he's not going anywhere. Well, even if he gets 150 carries, there's still 400 <laughs> carries there. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's, it's, the volume is definitely going to be there for old. And I heard today they're saying that um, that he'll get 300 and something carries and um, Algiers will get 100 and something carries. So. Good, good luck uh, stopping Bijan from 300 carries, right? What about Corderell? He's injured already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's 100 years old, and they want him to play wide receiver, don't they? Remember when he was going to play too corner? much height in their wide receiver room, so they're going to put someone a little bit shorter in. <laughs> Heaps shorter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not six, eight. Yeah, only six what? Three, I don't know. Yeah, it's tiny. What, what a midget. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the only 6-1. I don't know how to call cool. Yeah, good to man. All right, Tombo, hit us with something. I can't remember who's next. So, Tom, you haven't spoken for a while. You're up. Right, I will I'll save my... Should I do it now? I did a deep dive on some receivers. Should I do that now? Yeah, do it now. Right. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, I couldn't pick one. So, I did a deep dive on a group of Giants receivers. Now, yours is going to love this because I find I'm getting Paris Campbell everywhere I've had Paris Campbell on a lot of dynasty rosters over the years and and I don't know why I sort of liked him in college and he never really done much in the NFL but he had an alright year last year at Indianapolis and now he's moved over to the Giants and I, I asked you the other day who's wide receiver one and, and I think everyone said Paris Campbell right let's go through the AD hey <laughs> You asked who who it was in in preseason game one, and I said it was Cole Beasley, and he That's did right. have the most yes. catches. <laughs> he did, yeah, but he wasn't the one. Right, so let's let's go through some ADPs of Giants wide receivers. Jalen Hyatt is the highest ADP at wide receiver sixty four. Truth, he is the highest. <laughs> 
Wondar Robinson, 73. Paris Campbell, 77. Isaiah Hodgson, 79. And Darius Slayton at wide receiver, 91. <laughs> Fuck. What's wrong with Darius Slayton? He's a great yeah. best ball be player, just quietly. Yeah. Yep. And this he is this is my point. This is this is my point. All right, let's let's dive into this a little bit higher. Jalen uh, Hyatt, don't really know. He was a third round pick this year. Wondell Robinson, also a little bit unknown. I think he played maybe four or five games last year. Put up some good numbers. He was a second round pick last year. Paris Campbell was wide receiver forty eight in Indianapolis last year. He was a wide receiver ten on a six week six week stretch through the middle of the season. That's very hard to say. Six week stretch six through week. the middle of the season. Uh, wide receiver 10, so he was right up there. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, who is wide receiver 79 ADP, he was wide receiver 13 in games where he had over 80% of snaps. Wide receiver 13, and you're getting him at wide receiver 79. Yeah, Darius true. Slayton, who was wide receiver 91, he was wide receiver 52 last year. He was wide receiver 32 in games where he played over 80% of snaps. So I just think there is, like insane value on someone I'm not sure who it is or there might be two or three of these guys but some of these guys there is insane value on them in best ball drafts at the right at the end like Barry Slayton's 91 what round's that like yeah, nearly the, undrafted the talk is that it's him Hodgins and um, Paris Campbell as the, the yeah. starting three at the moment um, Wandale's on pup is that right I think he maybe has returned just but yeah he's been hurt yeah. So anyway, that's uh, yeah. When I started to really break down, you know, these guys they had some really big games last year, <laughs> and like especially Hodgins, we know, like it's not really a secret he had a really good end of the season. But wide receiver thirteen when he played over eighty percent of snaps, like yeah, you're getting ridiculous. him at wide receiver seventy nine. So you take that in there, right? Is basically just uh, when you're looking down in the best ball draft and you get to a point where you're like, I don't like any of these guys, yep. which is which is the highest um, yep. Giants wide receiver. I'll just take that one. And that's when I take... I, I tend to take Paris Campbell. I mean, he, he's wide receiver one on the Giants depth chart, which probably means nothing. But, yeah, I, I find to be getting Paris Campbell a lot. Well, it's interesting that he is the wide receiver one, right? Like, he's the new new guy. Like So, yeah. you know, there's got to be some love for old... He's the one that I'd, I'd have a go at, old Paris Campbell. He's also the draft capital sort of is way higher than most of the rest of them. And he is also just a bit like he did produce last year in Indianapolis. He, he yep. definitely sort of showed signs of life from his his draft spot. So I think he was an, it's not he was an every week flex play. Yeah. He would have been somebody that maybe had a multiple offers from multiple teams. He was not just, you know, an afterthought. He definitely teams went after him. He's good mates with LeBron James, which is kind of well, that, that translates to so, high fantasy production, right? I'm I sure mean, I've heard that stat somewhere. Going to keep him on a roster, you'd think, if that means. No, I've heard the stat somewhere. <laughs> just in my head just then, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Peter, which one would you choose, Peter, if you were a, uh, a betting man? Which uh, Giants wide receiver are you going to have a have a crack at? Oh, probably whichever one's the cheapest. <laughs> Darius Slayton, maybe. Yeah, Slayton. I, think, I, I still like Slayton. Just before, maybe he was a bit hit and miss, but he came up with a lot of big moments. Even Hodgkins, what's his name? 
Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins. He was doing not as well. But I think the fact that they they brought in all these guys means someone they they weren't necessarily just comfortable going back with the same. So I think some of the new blood is a direct indication from the coaching and staff that they want to do something a little bit different with the receivers. So I think I'm probably look Paris Campbell. I just haven't. I've never been one on him enough to to fall for it. But I think this could be a, a chance for a revival, uh, or him getting to do something. But look, it's a tough ask to just say to put a Giants wide receiver as, as I can't. <laughs> yeah, for me. And there is a forgotten man there as well, Sterling Shepard. Oh, we have Sterling Shepard. Yeah. First three first three weeks last year, fifteen point one, nine point four, nine point nine. It's going to be really that. interesting to see if he can come back from these injuries. It's yeah, a, a rough gig Achilles room. into he's ACL. A, Look, the, he's a the, giant he's a, legend. Like it, they, they love him. They want him on the team. They don't really care if he's that productive for them. He's a, he's just a good football player, right? Like he, he wins. He plays hard. He's hurt a lot, you know. <laughs> so they need a. If you draft the right Giants wide receiver, you could win your league. I just. Don't know who that's going to be. There's going to be a few people like yeah. for five gram stretches. That, yeah. that might be the yeah, same. As, right. Could be the same as the Chiefs, to be honest. Um, Maybe you need to draft like four of them because they're not all going to blow up in the same week. <laughs> so therefore, you get in a redraft. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you don't need to. You just draft the right one and then just nail the week that it's going to switch and the one that it's going to switch to and just pick them up on waivers. Yeah, I'm talking best ball. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway. All right, am I up now? Yeah, mate. Have at it. All right, well, let's go on to my running back, Khalil Herbert, um, the sixth round of pick in 2021. Um, he, he's posted a 70-plus PFF grade uh, while playing more than 300 snaps in his first two seasons, which isn't but too bad, but he hasn't had the full workload. Um, if you look, he's, he's a bit more of a shifty player than Montgomery was last season, um, even though Montgomery had, you know, more of the line, share of the work. Um, what I really like about... Khalil is just what he was doing when he had the ball. He didn't often be the, the workhorse, but if you look at how his EPA was last season, um, Monty ranked 30, 32nd in the league, while Herbert was was actually ranked 12th. Um, when they give him the ball, and he has that... What's that magic running back number you always talk about in terms of carries, Mons? Uh 19? 13. 13? Something in the teens. 13 touches or something? I don't know. Well, but like, if I look at this, when he's had a good amount of touches and Monty's been out, he's finished the RB1 you know, week three last year. Um, when they played Dallas, he's been RB15 when he's had over... And 16 when he's had the touches. And then it doesn't have a stats for it. But he's had... The games when he's had the volume, he's performed well, got 100 yards. Probably the touchdowns and that part of the offense is, is the the question mark for me but when you consider where he's going he's a 36 running back looking at uh, Fantasy Pro's ADP here which means that there's two running backs from teams taken above him um, his aforementioned David Montgomery being one of them and I think there might be two Seattle running backs Antonio Gibson going ahead of him he's a player for me that I think has more of a let's call it a Nick Chubb-esque profile in terms of what he might be able to do. He might not give you a lot of passing work or the fancy stuff, but I think this guy is going to be a reliable RB2 and a player that I definitely think is worth tar- like worth targeting for that price. You've you've slipped out of that range of, is this guy a workhorse or not? Like, not. This guy is going to get a bit the, the volume work. We saw him do it in his explosion last week in the preseason. I think when they've given him the ball, he's performed well. I think the question 
mining concern probably is a full season's of workload. But he's done it in, in stretches, game on game, and been good. So I, I really think Khalil Herbert's up for a, a big year. I like this one. Yeah, this is a good one. I really like Khalil Herbert. I've got him on a lot of dynasty teams. So. I think it's like you had your expectation. He's not going to be RB1, right? But yeah. high-end RB2 is, is an absolute success when you're paying back-end RB3 price. Yeah. Um, there's, there can't be... I think if the bear, the Bears have to absolutely shit the bed, and if they shit the bed, they're still going to run them. Like last year, they they played off cuff and probably lost a bit of points to the running back because Justin Fields made some big plays. Maybe he'll make some, but I think they'll have to look to be more balanced on offense, pass the ball, run the ball, and it should work out better all round if if it goes to plan. And I think he's the he's a running back by far to have in this offense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that'll lead me into my next Kent then, I guess, because I'm going to stick with the same offense. And it's actually Cole Komet, and I know uh, Tombo loves this one. Absolutely loves it. Um, I'll get around this. Why not? I just don't understand. Explain. I mean, well, do do you want to go first? Do you want me to tell you why he's bad before you tell Yeah, let's <laughs> go. Tell you me. say. Well, I mean, he wasn't good last year, and they've just added DJ Moore. That's a pretty good start. Uh, okay, he finished uh, tight end two, tight end one, tight end six, and tight end four in four games last year. Plus That's seventeen games, season. top fifteen in a few other ones. Uh, Twenty four, twenty five <laughs> yeah, point weeks. Uh, we'll go back to twenty twenty one, where he had well, pretty much every I game wanted, above ten points. So I'd take that out I of my tight end. Every I want Cole Komet to be a thing because I think he's athletic. He got the draft capital. He was good in college. I don't know, he just hasn't lived up to it. Maybe as he matures, maybe, you know, once he comes off his rookie deal, that's when they say tight ends really become a thing for fantasy. Has he has he not lived up I'm to waiting. it on his own accord, though? Like, that's the thing that I think, when he's been called on and there's been moments in games he does stuff, he, he looks like a Bloody solid man. NFL tight end. Like, nothing to be... I just think he's had Justin Fields really not want to throw the ball or move it around and when they've had to do it he's often found Cole Komet very well I think Fields has the ability to do it he just doesn't process it fast enough and moves to doing something else early and when he does process it well he finds his players and does all the right things so that's the step forward that probably is the biggest question mark for me on, on Cole Komet is Fields makes that then I can see the world's oyster right yeah, I think ever since they made that, that kind of change to let Fields be Fields last year, we saw improvements all around, right? Not just in Justin Fields and his rushing ability and scoring touchdowns from you know 91 yards out. Uh, just on Cole Komet's uh, rookie deal, he actually signed that extension. Four years, $50 million. Four years, $50 million for a 24-year-old oh, title. It's a lock. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a lock, but I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that he... Uh, but Tom said they with. always do better after they after their rookie deal. Well, beautiful. This is the time, right? You've just proved me right. Thanks for putting another point in my little, little arsenal here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, just just going off the back um, of the end of last year with with Komet, um, I think as I said, the changes that they made uh, for Justin Fields and to letting him be himself. You know, he's playing. There's no competition. He played 100 percent of snaps, 100 percent of snaps, 94 percent of snaps, 98 percent of snaps. He's always on the field. You know, he, he scored how many touchdowns last year? Two, four, six, seven touchdowns last year. That's going to get you easily into the top 10 tight ends, um, and he's going at the moment deep, deep into into these drafts in in the best balls at the moment. He just went. I just had a look uh, at pick in the 11th round uh, at the 11th 10. So I'm I'm all about Cole Komet this year. I think the the Bears are going to take a step forward. 
Um, if it's not, you know, DJ Moore, it's going to be going to be Cole Komet. So uh, I don't really have too much to say. It's just his value is good um, and some some offensive improvements from the Bears. <laughs> He's going around Chiggy Okonkwo and uh, Dalton Schultz, Juwan Johnson, Greg Do- Just give me Cole Komet all over, over all those. Even uh, David Njoku and Dalton Kincaid in front of him. I'd still be taking Komet. 24. I thought he was actually like 28 when I started this regulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Very yeah. Really young. Yeah, in, in on Chig? No. Not even. Yeah. I was, but I think he's just yeah a bit. Maybe he's going to. I think last Mickey. season, yeah, definitely was was value for where you got him. I think this year he's gone a lot higher. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than I'm There's not like, enough volume for him. I'm comfortable with yeah. and, and Burks, right? I think the last who they have last season when he was when he was performing as well, right? That's the other like they were short. Yeah, so that's what I mean. I'm not yeah. saying he's. I don't like him. Um, the wide receiver you know one was could, who knows. I think where, you, where, you, where you're drafting him, you've got no room for him to improve on that no. position. You know what we could do is look at his ADP in the best ball tournament before and after the nuke signing. Mm. Um, I might tweak that whenever we find it. Yep. That'll be exciting. Anyway. Yep, so yeah, that's up. it. Go on. Uh, you, it's back to you, mate. Yeah, should should have come in when Tom was talking New York Giants, but I've got the, the Homer pick here and it's... Kind of just my default one for tight end is Darren Waller because I really just don't like any tight ends, basically. Like, it doesn't know, like Travis Kelsey, Kelsey Crocky. And then you named off like seven tight ends that are going around Cole Komet, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They're all fine. They're all just fine. So there's a there's kind of a, a cliff, and it seems to be about where Darren Waller is. He seems to be good value. Like, I kind of think he's... George Kittle is going to score 50 points three times next season, and those weeks you're going to win. He's also going to score two points multiple times because just somebody else did it. Um, whereas I think Darren Waller, you're going to see him, as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to get a lot of targets. That's you know, There's all these reports out of camp that uh, they pull Darren Waller just so that Daniel Jones will throw it to someone else, and I'm sure it's mm. all just hype and whatever. But I, I'm actually not sure it's hype. <laughs> I think that's 100% true. <laughs> he's an easy target to throw the ball to. He's pretty athletic for a big guy. He's, yeah, all he has to do is stay healthy, and I think he can easily be the top target in this offense. And is it a high-volume offense? Not really, but that's what you're looking for in a tight end is somebody who gets good opportunity every single week and there's not a lot of those players around and so I think he's done it before he's been right up there as as probably tight end two because Travis Kelsey finished as one 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 two one or something over the mm-hmm. last eight years but um he's been very very good for fantasy I remember playing my nemesis in Sheep's one Timmy about 20 times and every time I come up against him Darren Waller has somehow t- 10 catches, you know, in the second quarter already, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this guy. He's one of the tight ends that has always scared me to play against, and I think moving teams doesn't really hurt that for me. So for me, I'm grabbing him a lot in that best ball tournament that we're, I've got a few entries in. I would be targeting him a fair bit. I think he's going to be one of the few tight ends you can rely on week in, week out this year, and I think he's pretty good value as well. He is creeping, yeah. creeping up big time. The ball uh, has talked him up, so he'll just... Uh, yeah, I reckon he's probably going to be a, a Kent or a, a guy for one of them. But uh, just this fast draft, 4-11, he went ahead of Pitts, ahead of Kittle. Um, he's not quite the value. I, I would be all about it, but he's he's um, 
his values kind of shot up a bit in uh, the ADP. So, but yeah, I can see what you mean with with volume. He's just going to be he's just going to be everywhere. You guys, anything to add? Yeah, the tight end, it's just such a disgusting position. You've got to try and find someone who can finish tight end one, and Darren Waller can finish tight end one. That's pretty much why he should be your Kent. <laughs> oh, so. I think we're trying to find tight ends that finish tight end two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. Cause Mark I, mean, I think that's Travis Kelsey like, gets hurt, he yeah. could finish tight end two. I, mean, I know Mark Travis Kelsey gets hurt, Noah Gray could finish tight yeah. end one. For I think that's also... Could they actually do it? Like, could he do? Could he get enough points to be even close to what a tight end, what Travis Kelsey scores? Yeah, he can. There's other guys you talk about, like that are just not even. Chia Conquer is not even in the conversation as an example, right? They just can't get there. Another guy who I've got as Mike Kent, who is also someone that probably can't get there. Um, but for the value where he's going uh, in this tight end landscape, it's Dawson Knox. Um, <laughs> Dawson's Creek is if you've got a I was thinking about this as well, so yeah, go off, Pete. Wait, sorry, I just I had lost my page on his on his uh, stats that I wanted to bring up, but it was just for me. Everyone's hyped um, Kincaid so much that this rookie tight end is going to come in and be a top twelve fantasy tight end of the season, and I'm just not sure that's the case. He's not. Um, it does join a good offense. They probably do need players, but I think there's a combination with uh, Allen and and Knox that's been that's been built like there's some chemistry yep. there especially in the red zone in the, those high value targets Knox has been effective they, they they get the ball to him they score touchdowns I don't see that disappearing the the knock on Knox's game if you put it <laughs> is um oh who's is there is the yardage right he doesn't do he doesn't necessarily do a lot of work between in the middle of the field taking big plays um, and that's where I think you know <laughs> you look at his season you look at his seasons like 500 yards 6 touchdowns like you're pretty happy with that and if, if you're looking at him being like I don't know tight end 29 or, or further back where he's where he's going um, it's a very, a very good value like he finished I think top 12 tight ends last season um, he's definitely someone within that range of the back end of that is where he's going to land he's been consistently last couple of years I think that's the same for him this year after that you know there might be some some change but we saw I don't know if we look at Zach Ertz and um, Dallas Goddard when that came on. There wasn't Goddard. Everyone had hyped it up, but Ertz still stayed strong for years. Years after that, Goddard really started to eat in. I think that's a similar situation I see with Knox and and Kincaid here. So for this year, that Kincaid, what he's done to currently to Knox's ADP, I really like, and I think. I think in the best balls, Tom, he's gone real late, like last couple of rounds. Um, I've definitely drafted him heaps of times, and that's and I think that's just money there. Um, I think best ball. Three things you said, pretty much. One is the relationship. Like I, I honestly don't think there is a guy that Josh Allen would rather throw a touchdown to than Dawson Knox. Like they Comment. always have some wild celebration that they do afterwards. It's one of my favorite connections to watch in in the NFL. To be honest. It, just genuinely seems to bring Josh Allen joy to throw the ball to Dawson Knox in the in the end zone. Um, do just like yeah, he's just a reliable touchdown guy, and I don't think that's going away. Like I don't even if Kincaid is what everyone thinks he's going to be, I don't really think it's eating into Dawson Knox's role that much. It's, it's a bit player that is a very good red zone threat. Um, it's it's a different position almost that he's he's playing I think he's going to be more the traditional tight end and uh, 
yeah, just third is tight ends in good offenses is um a good way to pick a good tight end. So this is a great dart to throw um, someone that was probably top ten last year. Yeah, yeah. I think one one thing I've read a lot about or heard a lot about the Bills was that they oh this move people think oh this move to get Kincaid means that they weren't happy with Dawson Knox they want to replace him and it's not necessarily the case I think they didn't they want to have two good tight ends they can put on the field go more a bit big uh, run that should help them ideally where they've been weak running the ball um, and getting better at tight end is is the thing I think in this draft how many good how we talked about how good the tight end class was um, this season and, and how weak potentially a lot of the other classes were they'd say oh moved up to get Kincaid well it was like good player in a like of a position that was strong that they sort of needed I don't think they moved crazily enough that I think oh it meant that he's there also four wide receivers went off the board and they went shit this is our last good Mm. pass catcher that we want um yeah definitely I I mean that's just I think people react to some of the things that have happened to be like oh this is why Kincaid's the man and I think that's just not necessarily the narrative that I see. I think Dawson Knox is still this year solid guy, and if if there's there's a bit of a movement, they, there's volume for a second wide receiver to have some value there. And if that's Knox uh, one week, if it's between Gabe Davis and the others, like the the value you're getting where you're drafting Knox is just unbelievable. All right, let's uh, let's roll through the last couple here. Um, Tombo, you got uh, got another one here, mate. All right, I'll, I'll be quick. If we're staying on tight ends, I'll go Dalton Schultz. I hate the tight end position, as everyone know, but let's try and find some guys who can really climb up their ADP. Uh, he's, he's tight end 11 ADP at the moment, Dalton Schultz. He finished tight end 9 and tight end 6 in points per game when he was the main tight end in Dallas. The only real competition for targets in Houston, where he moved to this year, Robert Woods, uh, Nico Collins. I want Nico Collins to be a thing. Uh, John Mechie, again, still very unproven. Tank Dell. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Tank Dell might be a thing, but he's probably not going to be the... Um, he's not going to take targets away from Dalton Schultz. Damian Pierce doesn't catch passes, as we realised last year, and the only other tight end that may be relevant is Brevin Jordan, who was tight end 69 last year. I just want to say Oh, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I honestly, I, I went through the list. I really like Hayden Hurst as a really great value. He's tight end 28 on ADP. I mean, when you look at his competition, Adam Thielen, um, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, like he hasn't got a lot of competition there for touches. Um, so, yeah, I really like Hayden Hurst at his ADP. And, of course, my boy Irv Smith, again, um, the tight end. He's the only tight end there that can catch passes. So... In an offense that's going to throw the ball 700 times a year, he's probably good value at his ADP as well. But I've got with Dalton Schultz. I think he could finish as a top five tight end being drafted at tight end 11. So that's about it. I think he's actually my, my Ken last year too. Dalton Schultz. I kind of like Didn't him. we just say who that? I can't remember who said, who said it, what, 40 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, I can't it, remember. It wasn't, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Was it? Maybe it was an honourable mention. Yeah, I remember we had that bet Kyle Pitts versus Dalton Schultz. Uh, me and Moz did, and they were injured. Who won that one? All right, on to the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just say couldn't do it. No, I'm not even doing that. Just avoid it. I, just, I couldn't do it. All right, um, I've got uh, a wide receiver here for you all. Uh, wide receiver 34 in half PBR in these 
uh, ADP at the moment, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, as Keenan, Keenan Allen, um, this, this this guy is an absolute stud, and he's being drafted so far down boards, it's absolute stupidity. Uh, if you look at last year alone, came back from injury in week 11, and uh, look, just just ever consistent. Wide receiver 13, wide receiver 15, wide receiver 20, wide receiver 13, wide receiver 21, uh, 23, sorry, and then just, just to really finish the year just on a shit note, he finished the wide receiver one. So um, <laughs> I don't know why this guy is going so late still. He is a volume What, what ADP did you get that from? I got it from Sleeper Half PPR. Oh, Sleeper. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Why? Where have you got him at? No, I think, well, no, my ADP I had on Kenan Allen was t- was 20. In what? Wide receiver 20. Oh, yeah, wide receiver, that's fine. I don't, I'm, I'm easy. Half PPR, just their ADP. I haven't looked at our uh, best ball stuff. If he's wide receiver 20, I'm happy with that as well. Um, I think I think you're right. It doesn't matter. I'm just like, oh, someone's got him real low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what have I got here? Um, this offense, right? It's it's going to be throwing the ball a billion times. Um, Kellen Moore comes across from the Cowboys. Uh, they were the fourth highest points per game scoring. We've said it a million times. They're, they were an absolute weapon of an offense. Now he's come over to the Chargers with Herbert. Um what, what, what more do I need to say, really? The guy puts up points every single week. He's 31, but you know what? If he can do this at the end of last year, there's absolutely no problems with him doing it again this year. And then his draft cost, I'm all about it. He's going around, guys. Amari Kubar, Traylon Burks, Flowers, Pickens, Pittman. Just give me him over them, guys. Uh, they're the, the next six before uh, Keenan Allen goes off the board with those those guys. So huge year for Keenan Allen coming. I'm not going to wrap up. I'm not going to go too, too crap on about it too much. It's a pretty given one. Um, he's going to catch the ball 10 times every game and score touchdowns and a billion yards. So what are you going to do? you going to stop him? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've got any more? Nothing, touchdowns yeah, than that. But no, that's it for me. I've got a couple of RBs, but if you were I do have a quarterback as well. finish off. You got anything yours before you? No, I just want to hear you about uh, Dalvin Cook. Okay, I haven't, I haven't got. <laughs> it is Dalvin Cook. <laughs> did, you, did you know that? Was it was just a good guess. You drafted him in every best ball. Uh, I've got yeah a, a down on the dock that I, we can oh, did all I? see. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's, it's, it's also on the dock here that you've written. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that show so many yeah. times. <laughs> I actually think that I'm probably going to go off Dalvin Cook a little bit now that he's signed. I think his ADP is going to go through the roof. So. Oh, through the roof, through the floor. Go down. Yeah, I'm not sure what that analogy is. Uh, Delvin Cook's ADP is RB25, and last year he was RB11. Probably didn't play that great last year. He was okay. Didn't play that great. Um, he's had a lot of seasons as a top two RB. So, yeah, I just think at AD, ADP at 25 is probably the worst he's going to do unless he gets injured. So, I mean, I think he's great value. Uh, my, my other one was Cam Akers. And... His ADP is RB22. He was RB4 weeks 13 to 18 last year uh, when they really started to use him. And he averaged 4.8 yards per carry between in weeks 13 to 18. And when you look at all the top RBs, they're all between that 4.5 to 5, like the CMCs, Derek Henrys, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. They're all in that 4.5 to 5 range, so he's right up there. Um, he's got... Kyron Williams and Zach Evans as his two backups. Who? Like, yeah, I don't know. Cam Akers could really, really surprise us this year. I think he has the opportunity. I don't know if he's got the talent, but he's certainly got the opportunity to be a really, really top running back for fantasy this year. So, I don't disagree. Mike Kent. 
I don't disagree with you. He's going in the sixth round in his best balls, and I think if he's your running back too, not so bad. I like the Najee Canakers kind of value where they're going as you're running back one and two. It's that, that allows you to go get two quarterbacks and two stub wide receivers with those guys falling yep. where they are. So I won't disagree with you. Uh, it's just a matter of if the Rams' offense is, is going to be any good, right? Yeah, that's the big one. Yep. Yeah, that's the uh, the only the only problem. All right, I'm going to I'm going to just one one more. I know it's an hour and a bit in, but uh, I really wanted to get yours as goat here. Uh, and my quarterback Kent for this year is Lamar Jackson. Uh, he will finish quarterback one. That's my fire take for the year. And that's all I have. Which Chris is talking right now? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear what you were said, but he was clearly said, yes, I agree with I you. I said, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, look, we had the Jalen Hurts last year. We both we kind of went on about it, and we thought we that he could finish quarterback one. Uh, I think with the change in offense in, in Baltimore and the fact they're going to throw the ball and let Lamar do his thing, uh, he has the opportunity to easily be the quarterback one. Um, he's going to rush the ball in. He's going to throw some yards, and he's got he's got Andrews now. He's got Flowers, Odell, uh, eventually uh, Pete's Kent from last year. Bateman's going to get healthy, so. Uh, and even Duvernay can throw in a, a touchdown like he did in the preseason week one. So um, I'm all about the Ravens this year. Flowers is like picking up steam. Hey, he's the next Steve Smith, according to um, according to Twitter. Yeah, yeah well, I feel exciting times. Like, I felt like before the drafts, if you got a wide receiver, you know, if you ended up with Flowers, that was the fourth one every time. Whereas I feel like now maybe people who pick Flowers are feeling okay about that. I think he's. There's a lot of buzz around it, whereas I don't feel like there's quite as much buzz around the other three. So, yeah, I like it. Yep, it's it's easy for sure. Back to MVP status, back to tight end, uh, tight end one, quarterback one, running back one, whatever you want to call him in uh, in fantasy this year. He's going to be my MVP bet, by the way. It was just cheekily. Uh, T-Law, so, yep. We're going to have one each. <laughs> Shall we be? <laughs> Never be more certain that Joe Burr is going to be the MVP. <laughs> Never been more certain of a Super Bowl win and a JV, uh, JV MVP. <laughs> and, yeah. All right, anyone, uh, any other ones? Do we receivers are going to have the Triple Crown equally? No. <laughs> Didn't post questions. No. Beautiful. Too all right, that'll do us, eh? Let's wrap this up. I'll uh, post these all on Twitter. You can argue with us, fight with us, do whatever you need to do. But until next week... Mikey B, Kent is to a Dangabaloa. Ooh, spicy. That's a good one. Don't mind it. What a great time for my uh, audio to lag out. <laughs> Did I get it in before you finished the episode? I assume you said uh, Clayton Tune. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, we're still recording, right? Yeah, we're still recording. Yeah, I just wanted to hear it again. Before- oh, okay, right, okay, that makes sense. All right. <laughs> I, can't have a, I can't have the Dolphins in my top duck. Like, Ten offenses without having. I'm surprised it wasn't Desmond Ritter after that fucking shit. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. Bye. Just one of the You're all shit cans. <laughs> <laughs>